Welcome everybody to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. Today I am with Corey White. Yo, yo. Gary Garcia. What's up? And Elliot Bland. And today, Corey White is our guest with us today. So, Corey, why don't you go ahead and let everyone know who you are, what church you're from, and just share a, a crazy moment in youth ministry that you've experienced. Yeah, so me and my wife, Amber, uh, married 11 years. We're both on staff full-time over at The Bridge Church in Temecula, Marietta. Cha-ching! Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've been married 11 years, been doing youth ministry um, all 11 of those years, loving it. We lead a crazy group of teenagers called Bridge Youth. Um, it's been amazing. Um, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say like the craziest story in youth ministry because I feel like if you do youth ministry longer than 20 minutes, you have a lot of crazy <laughs> stories. Um, but maybe like a year ago, like a little bit more recent one, like a year ago, um, I'm in the middle of preaching and uh, right like middle of the room, not like front and center, but like center and center. There's a girl sitting like right in the middle who in the middle of my message just lifts a hand, not like, not like, can I get a witness type of moment, but she lifts a hand and flips me off right in the middle of the message. And, um, it's one of those moments where you're like, did that really just happen? Like, did that actually just ha- like the time that me and Elliot swear we saw Koopa, Koopa how do you say it? Chupacabra. El, el Chupacabra. El, el Chupacabra. <laughs> like we saw after seeing Star Wars one night, we saw Chupacabra 100%. We're like, did that really just happen? Yep. That's fact. That's a story for later though. True. But this girl flipped me off. And so I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I just didn't see that right. And like as youth pastors, we all know that moment when you're preaching and something's happening in the audience and the big question comes up where the heck are my leaders? Mm-hmm. Like, what are my leaders doing? Uh, shout out to Bridge Youth Leaders. They are actually the best. But in this moment, I'm like, how come no one's going over there? And I'm thinking, okay, it's because I saw it wrong until she flips me off again. And then five seconds later, again. And then seven seconds later. And it's just like over and over. So I'm like, okay, a leader's got to do something. And the last thing you want to do is from stage be like, hey, you over there, like, what are you doing? And they bring it more attention, especially because when my leader went and approached this girl, she didn't. Re- it's like she didn't know what she was doing, and she tells our leader, "Oh, I have Tourette's. I have a mm. form of Tourette's that makes me like respond physically." So thank God I didn't call that'd her be, be out in front horrible. of everybody. You know, and Corey he preaches for a long time, so think about the, how many times <laughs> she flipped him off. If it was anyone else's sermon, it would have been like two or three. But Corey was like eight or nine times this girl flipped him you off. Guys, get prepared. Her off back, like from the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine that. Just midway through message just like i've had like students like stand up and get out but nothing like flipping me off in the middle of a a message right back at (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you i'll keep that one i was so close to getting canceled because if i would have called i called that out there's no recovering from that like hey why are you she's like i have Tourette's, and you're like just okay i'll resign tomorrow let's just make fun of her on a podcast that's better All right, let's Cancel Corey. Yeah, before we all get canceled right now. Um, well, I'm stoked to have you, Corey, stoked and I know here. we are. Um, but today it's episode four of In the Trenches, and we want to talk about um, some of like the biggest threats that our youth are facing today. 
Um, I think especially just this year, 2020, there's been so many different threats that are coming in um, to our students' lives. Um, and I think just even before uh, COVID and quarantine, we've had the this idea of victim mentality, the pressure of fitting in. And one of my favorites, I think, is growing up too fast, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, and to drugs and alcohol abuse. But I want to ask you guys, what uh, do you believe are some of the biggest threats that our youth are facing today? Spiders. <laughs> I mean, I just think about this world that we live in and just how how stupid some of the stuff is that's <laughs> happening. Like this whole uh, kind of uh, mentality right now that I see a lot in students kind of go in with this idea that that doesn't make me feel safe. Mm. That And it's like it's used in so many ways that you're just like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. I, I get it in certain situations, but I think nowadays it's thrown around um, – where it's like, okay, sometimes life's just not safe. Sometimes mm -hmm. you do things like I've seen teachers accused of things and other things where it's just like, that's, that's not right. That's not okay. Yeah. And you're playing this, this mentality right now. That's, that's not, you know, I don't know where this came from. This yeah. The, it's like, uh, the power balance has been shifted almost. Like I never grew up thinking I had like any type of power, you know, like, especially with authority, authority figures. And I feel like this generation more than any other, has this ability that we never had to cancel people. We joked about it earlier, but it really isn't a joke. Like being able to just totally teachers have gotten fired. And, and, and I mean, some people, this is the, this is the difficulty of filtering through some of the stuff that's happening is like, there's good that's happening and mm -hmm. people who needed to get fired are getting fired, but it's almost like it's just sweeping over the there's this broad stroke that's gone over and there's people's lives who are being affected who shouldn't be affected um just because i know students who are like i just didn't want to do my homework and so i'm gonna try to cancel my well, team yeah, you know kids it's like they're just trying to teachers are trying to correct them teachers are trying yeah. to um discipline them yeah. and all of a sudden they throw out this phrase that you don't make me feel safe and it has such a damaging effect. It's just mm -hmm. crazy to me. Yeah. Hey, Gary, when you were in school, were they still allowed to spank the students? Or? <laughs> Why is this guy again? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even AG. <laughs> oh. The truth comes we're gonna, out. Can, can we, we talk we? about baptism in the yeah, Holy Spirit? Yeah, let's do it. He won't know what. Let's let's do this whole podcast in tongues. And Corey's going to be like, what the, are they saying? Baptism of the what? <laughs> baptism of the who now? <laughs> No, I, I honestly, like, I see the same thing, and I see from, like, you know, obviously this is a, this is a, uh, a podcast for youth pastors, and mm -hmm. I, I've, I've listened to every episode so far, and I love it because, you know, there's places you could go. There's, there's millions of places you could go for the big leadership, like, ideas and the 12 essential developmental keys yeah. to mm -hmm. becoming a phenomenal lead, and, like, that's cool. Like, there's places to go for that. I love that this is, like, even, you know, in the title, in the trenches, it's for youth pastors, by mm -hmm. youth pastors who are doing youth ministry right now. And as youth pastors, this is so dangerous for us because we live in a culture and a society where innocent until proven guilty is yeah. no longer a thing. Yeah. Like you are just because and, you know, in some ways, rightfully so. Right. Like, you know, Elliot just had a kid and it's like, you know. If when your kid turns 12 years old, are you going to take him to the youth group of the guy who allegedly yeah. made a sexual pass at some student? And it's like, of course not. Right. But in this hyper cancel culture, I think us as leaders for good or for bad, we just got to like have more boundaries around us than ever yeah, before. And we true. just got to be more careful than ever before. And you hear left and right of different mm -hmm. 
people slipping up and everything. And it's like, to me, it's like we when somebody asked me maybe like six months ago, how would you describe character and integrity? I was like, well, character and integrity, in my opinion, is not something that you just have deep down inside. It's what boundaries do you have in place? Yeah. What accountability do you have in place? And, you know, especially in this culture, it's just so important, especially as leaders, especially as youth pastors. Yeah, we're talking about, like, what are the challenges our students are facing, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I think it's a dangerous time for youth pastors, like, mm -hmm. in, you know, figuring out and navigating this. And I agree with you. And I mean, like, we're seeing literally on the news and things people that we looked up to or people mm -hmm. that we watched or people you know that we've read their books that nobody's above falling you mm -hmm. know and i think that that is why living above reproach and having that character and integrity and setting those like yeah. boundaries is always smart it, especially like i remember and you kind of change with the way the times are going where you know never had to figure out the boundaries of social media before yeah, right it was right. sort of like don't be alone with a student in your car right that mm -hmm. was sort of the thing and that's still smart but now it's sort of like okay now what is it you know do i would avoid having a snapchat streak with yeah. your <laughs> junior high student you know like right. they're just things where it's like and and the thing is yeah this isn't the podcast where we're going to tell you like here are the 14 ways you could mm -hmm. avoid it yeah but the overlying advice is to be smart and have community. And that's what I love about what we have here. Mm -hmm. And whoever's listening to this, wherever you're at, whether you can be a part of what we're doing in SoCal or you build something where you're at, that's huge. Like, as I've seen even this week, somebody who is prominent, who has fallen and had a moral failure, all that kept going through my head is I'm so glad that I have community, that I'm not right. in it alone. Yeah. I want to strive to protect my own marriage and my own family and my own ministry but I also am so glad that I have people like you guys around me mm -hmm. who aren't going to let me get to that point, And I'm not mm -hmm. going to let you get to that point. They're oh, going to yeah. say, we're going to let you go to the park. Exactly. Going to say, why are you going Never. to the park by yourself two days in a row? That's sketchy. You got Never. a kid, you know, that's what I'm saying. But like, for real, like you need those types of people in your corner and in your life. 100%. And yeah. But I mean, just to connect this to kind of like the specific question of why this is maybe a threat and an issue for our students. I can't help it. You know, a few years ago, um, Gary did a thing at summer camp. You guys remember summer camp? Those What's were the that? days. Oh, yeah. Um, Gary Bed did bugs. this thing at summer camp. <laughs> Dear God. He did this thing at summer camp that was so impactful. And it yeah. was like yep. the this father's hug thing, mm. right? And like fast forward to today, just a couple years after that happened, how many of us in this room would feel like, Ooh, like if I'm hugging one of my female students, mm -hmm. I'm putting myself in a risky situation. But how many of our young female students don't have dads around? Yeah. They don't have big brothers. They don't have good father figures. They don't even know what it is to have like healthy affection from a healthy, yeah. godly male. And in a lot of ways, because society and culture has fell where it has, they're getting robbed of that, you yeah. know, because we're over here just so and rightfully so. We're so careful that maybe we're missing opportunities, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just tough. It's it's one of those things when, when I did – can I just say this too? So at the summer after I did that father's hug thing, 
um, I went to uh, Idaho, and Corey was preaching at a camp before me. He nope. was there the week before I went to Idaho and preached at a camp, and then I come up behind him to preach the next camp, and and we passed each other and got to see each other for a minute, but the, the youth pastors were going on and on. You guys, Corey, he's amazing. He's so mm. awesome. He did this thing with a father's hug, and it was <laughs> yes, so sir. awesome, and... and and totally stole Gave my thunder Gary for the week. Zero credit, but none. But the whole idea behind that, you guys, was it was really spur of the moment, and it was knowing that we have so many students that cross our paths, like what Corey just said, that don't have a dad in their life yeah. that yeah. haven't experienced that. And I love hugging my kids, like I, I do. Like you know, there's just a different way that I would hug um, my my kids than I would just in most. Yeah. And and there's kids that have never experienced that kind of right. love, and mm-hmm. and. You know, when there's things we can do, but uh, again, we live at a time when it's, we're told you got to be careful. You can't be alone with a student. You can't drive girls home by yourself. And I get all that, but I can remember even people saying to me, you know, you got to side hug these students, side hug, side hug, side hug. And I, there's times that some of these kids just need a hug and I'm not saying doing it by yourself in your office or anything, but (laughs) if you're on stage in front of a whole camp, yeah, you know, but that's, that's what I'm saying is that's why I feel like, I mean, we're kind of going off on a different sort of thing but we'll get back to what we're supposed to talk about charlie don't get mad but uh um this is why i don't i agree with gary on this i think it goes back to the students having this broad stroke mentality and i think it's just wrong in humanity to to sort of like box people in and that's why i think the overarching theme that any youth pastor listening is set boundaries set healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. have community around you and you know, live in a place where your character and integrity have been built up and are so intentional that when or if something like would come into question, you know, you're above reproach. But I've always hated too, Gary, where I've gone to a conference and they said, here are the rules, you Mm -hmm. know, here it's, it's black and white. Don't ever do this. Don't ever say this. You all, you know, and it's like, I think that the heart of what's being said there is good, but, um, we're not like, we're mature enough and especially hopefully if you're a youth pastor listening to this your goal is to not find loopholes in the system and try to figure out how close to the line you could get it's to be as far away from it as you can but there are still those it would have been ridiculous that night at camp for me to say well i have a strict side hug rule gary Mm -hmm. so you're (laughs) because there was so many i mean i'm just like i was bawling and these kids were bawling there's so many girls and boys who don't have dads in their lives yeah. that I'm just I'm like gripping their neck just holding them my my shirt is snotty and just and so there's nothing like yeah I'm not like that <laughs> I'm saying like I'm I'm holding them and we're embracing it was just so pure and and it was yeah. such a special moment but I'm saying that would have been lost if I said yeah. sorry at, at yeah. La Palma we have a strict side, side hug, hug policy yeah. and I think yeah. that there's there's um wisdom in in side me- hugging students and you know to me like in a situation like that if you are the type of leader that's already set up boundaries and accountability whenever i go to camp or it's really rare like i'm not everybody is but i'm so blessed to have my wife in youth ministry with me basically it's so rare that she's not at an event or at youth with me um but i have a couple adult female leaders who know if my wife is ever not there like hey you are helping to like 
stay close to me. If there's like some, if there's like a very emotional crying girl, like coming up to talk to me at the end of service or something, you're kind of coming up to that situation right away. And there's a few girls that I've talked to specifically are adult leaders who know like, Hey, I'm going to help get Corey's back in that. So like with the, the hugging thing, boundaries and accountability lead into freedom. It doesn't lead into restriction. It leads into freedom because I know this, because when that happened, Amber had actually stepped out of the room. And I was like, okay, Amber's not here. You know, if any girls come up, I want someone to be right there next to us. But I had a couple of my female leaders who were right there, literally didn't have to ask. They walked straight over to me and just stand, stood near to me. Mm-hmm. And there was accountability, which led into, then all of a sudden I feel like, okay, now I have the freedom to operate however which the Holy Spirit, because contrary to popular belief, the Bridge Church does believe in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> mm. uh, however, the Holy Spirit. Prove it. Prove it. Speak in tongues right now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt tried to get you to speak in tongues on the I podcast. I would have done it, bro. Week. You don't know who my dad is come on <laughs> but i think this this has to do with with what we're talking about with the, what yeah. what's uh it's what what danger or what things you know our biggest threats in youth ministry yeah and i think um one of those is um so many of these students are coming from broken homes yeah right and broken families and so as youth pastors one of one of the many things that i think we have to do and why it's so important why it's i never understand youth pastors who are like my home is my sanctuary away from all mm. this and i don't have kids to my house then you should go into kids ministry or something yeah. um but burn but uh because what the way we live our lives the way that, that they see us um yeah. in our marriage relationship the yeah. way they see us in you know for those single guys in a dating relationship mm-hmm. um, yeah. some of those things has such impact on these kids because it has not been modeled to exactly. not all of them but a percentage of them right. from the homes that they come through so it is one of the the dangers one of the things that they face that we have an opportunity to really guide them through i mean some of the kids that have been to my house you know there's times when kids will show up and amy will make a bunch of pancakes and we just have mm-hmm. teenagers at our house hanging out having pancakes for some of them that's the first time they've been around a table for a meal in you know months yeah mm-hmm. no i think that's that's a that's a huge thing and i think that's a big part in this idea of the biggest threat to our youth is these different um not i don't want to say like rules but these different um allegations if i can even say that that come up to other like maybe youth pastors or, or other students that are coming in and seeing what that can look like for their lives because again they do come from broken homes but I think for me personally one of the biggest things that our youth are facing is this idea of victim mentality Mm -hmm. and it's been something that's been almost popularized in the world that we're living in today and I think as youth pastors this is something that it's not a um, how can I word this as youth pastors? This isn't something that oh, should we talk about this? Because in my personal opinion, it's like this is something we need to talk about. Absolutely. Because again, this is something that I think every student goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you guys navigate that? And before we get into that, I just want to read to you guys the definition. I think it's like the Urban um, Dictionary definition, <laughs> the one we all use um, of what victim mentality is, and what it is is this: victim mentality is when you blame everyone else for what happens in your world. Or victim mentality is when a person thinks that the future only holds bad things for them. And probably reading that, a lot of you guys are like, oh, I know people that are just like that. Or maybe you're like, maybe I'm like that. And, and let me just say this up front because I hopefully if you're listening to this, you know this and you we, we know this, that we know there are victims out there. There are mm, things that have yes. happened to people that are just horrible and they truly are victims Absolutely. and we're yeah. not talking about them. Right. Um, for example, I had a, a female student who um, th- threw around this whole 
idea of what we're talking about. And she threw around the phrase, um, he, he verbally abused me. Mm. And when we sat down and had a conversation, I had a conversation with a guy and had a conversation with her. It was far from that. He wasn't yeah. nice, yeah. but not everybody's nice. You can yeah. meet a, a, a grocery clerk who's not nice, mm-hmm. but you're not going to throw around the word verbal abuse. And, mm-hmm. and I think it is. It's, it's just that whole, um, I'm the victim because I don't like how this happened or I don't like yeah. how this was treated is so dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's this like, it's this broad stroke boxing people into labels. Mm-hmm. It's this or it isn't mentality. Then it takes out the complexity of humanity and human interactions and situations. Uh, and the issue of like a lot of this victim mentality, victim mentality and like quick to accusing people or canceling people is it cheapens those areas yeah. that actually yeah. need attention, exactly. right? It's like the boy who cried wolf when, when all that we're hearing on Twitter is, this person and this person and and i not a safe space and you know i all that type of stuff we're already talking about when that person comes forward who actually did have something terrible happen and they are a victim drowned out they're drowned out and what happens in society with a lot of people you either fall into the category of where you believe everything that you hear right and you're just quick to be like we're canceling somebody sick i'm on top of it i'm on board or you're in this other camp where you're like you take everything with a grain of salt now Mm -hmm. because you've heard so much and that's really not an effective way to keep people safe right like you want to create an actual safe space um it's by having the conversations that really need to be had and creating this ability to filter out what's going on and and i think that's why we exist too to help Mm -hmm. students through this This is why our leaders exist to help students through uh the situations of like, you know, I'm sure we all have this type of thing with our leaders where we want them to like be the youth pastor to our students. Yeah. There's students that uh, we're not going to reach out to. I mean, talking about being smart as male youth pastors. Mm-hmm. I don't mentor female students. I know you guys don't either. Number one, I just don't want to. Uh, <laughs> but also, I don't know how. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just smarter. But I have this understanding with my leadership team that you don't, I don't need to know everything that's going on. I don't need yeah. to know that Susie broke up with Timmy or whatever, yeah. but I need you. There are things that I need to know when they're talking about wanting to hurt themselves, wanting yeah, to hurt right. someone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, those are basically the two categories that it falls into that we need to know what's going on, yeah. or that they've been hurt or they're planning on hurting. Like we need to be involved in the conversation. Right. Um, and I think that like, I ask myself, okay, so how have we gotten to this place in culture and society where there's so many people, so many young people who are claiming like I've been victimized when they haven't. Mm-hmm. To me, it's because this generation puts way too much stock in their emotions. Yeah. Like this girl's like, I, I was being verbally abused. No, you weren't. You yeah. just got your feelings hurt. Yeah. And like, I know that that, like, I don't want to, no one's trying to be mean, right? But like, you weren't verbally abused. You just got your feelings hurt. Yeah. We've all had that kid. So like, my parents are abusive. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, tell me about that. They took away my PlayStation. Hmm. They're not abusive. Yeah. You, yeah. you punished you, you know? Um, but we live in this fine line sort of culture and society where it's like, you could go, you, we could go through our churches and ask, is spanking abuse? And you'd hear a, a thousand oh, yeah. different well, it, opinions. It goes back to even the, the craziness of, of an Instagram post. You could post something on Instagram and, and a student or someone could just look at that post and say, that doesn't make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. has merit. Yeah. Like that's yeah. crazy that right. we're, we're giving into this. And as youth pastors, we have to make sure that when a student comes to us and says anything, 
we have to take it with okay I need to hear the other side. Right. Yeah. I need to hear no. the parents' side. Right. I need yeah. to, like, um, uh, as much as we will ride and die with our students and we are here to walk life with them, um, we can't just go by what anybody just says. We yeah, have to right. know the facts before we, you know, go down those paths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is so dangerous because if you walk through life with a victim's mentality, you see everything through that lens. Yeah. And so it's going to hold you, like, we were we were joking about uh, youth pastor stories and which ones we should share and whether I should share that I was on skaters versus haters or the flipping off story. And then Elliot brought up one of the times that he spoke at Bridge Youth mm-hmm. and he was talking about the beauty of like the diversity of the church mm. um, within like all, we all grew up different. And Elliot was church boy 96. Yes, like still am. I grew up very, very different. And so when Elliot came and spoke at Bridge Youth, he was like, you know, me and your youth pastor, we are so similar in so many ways, very different in a lot of different ways. Like for one, I wasn't born addicted to drugs and the room was crickets. Well, no, to, to reason I said that is because before I preached, Corey came up in worship and gave his pre-sermon sermon and talked about how how he got saved, which is a great story. And he talks about the struggle he faced that while he was while his mom was pregnant, she was doing drugs. And so he was born addicted to drugs like it was a powerful moment Mm -hmm. in the service. And I just always cut tension with humor. That's what I do or whatever. And it wasn't even tense. I just thought it was funny because I was talking about how similar we are now. I thought it was How hilarious. different we are then. And I was saying we're so, you know, our upbringing was so different. Yeah. And I said, yeah. for starters, I was born not addicted to drugs. And cre- yeah, his kids and were like, you're not allowed to say they that. They were like not like, sure if they were allowed to laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. But Elliot and I are cracking up. But yeah. the point to, the point to that is, is but like. This one girl's just flipping Elliot off. <laughs> yeah. And then I flipped her back off. I was like. <laughs> Not today, sweet. And then it was Tanner, but I mean. (laughs) The point of that for me is like, all right, bro, like I get it. Like I get it. I get how easy it can be to fall back into a victim's mentality because you grew up a certain way. Like go down the line and like, like I was born addicted to drugs. Like almost went into foster care system, but my aunt and my uncle took me and my brother until my mom got out of rehab and got sober. My dad did leave my family from the get-go, was fatherless home for a long time. Then my dad came back for like six months, maybe eight months, pretty much just long enough for me to start calling him dad. And then he took off again because he was on drugs. Come to find out he was in prison all the way up until I got married and in ministry, like grew up on the wrong side of the neighborhood. Literally times as a kid where I would see my mom, my stepdad not eating and ask, Hey, how come me and me and my brother's sister are eating, Mm -hmm. but you guys aren't. And they say, well, you know, we're just, we're not hungry. Come to find out later, like they just didn't have enough money to feed us all. So they chose to feed the kids times when the electricity would be turned off because we didn't have the money to pay the bills. We were on welfare. We were, we did the WIC program, single parent household for a long time, drugs in the house, all of this sort of stuff. Right. Carrie, it's so, can you give him a father's hug real quick? <laughs> my, that's why that moment was so powerful for me. But, but all of that is to say, like, I get it. Now, yeah. how can we lead our students? If we're talking to youth pastors, how yeah. can we lead our students through victims mentality stuff? It's like this. One day you will have to choose whether you can yeah. be a victor or a victim because you mm-hmm. can't be both at the same time. Yeah. And to me, my victor mentality, getting away from victim mentality, my victor mentality was salvation. Yeah. Yeah. It was 15 years old, going to the Bible club at my school. And I just don't know how some Christians don't hear how 
they can hear Romans 8:37 despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us how can they read that and still walk through life as a victim mm-hmm. and to me for our students one of the ways that we can help walk them through this is like guys we are victors and like okay it's cliche but we say it all the time we are fighting from victory yeah. not for victory so man just helping our students to realize that yeah that despite what you've been through you can choose to be a victor and push forward that's one of the best ways we but can lead our students part of it is too like i fully agree with what you're saying but a part of the issue that's the students are facing and this is what i've like become aware of as just being like why is this so prevalent why is this something we're all facing it seems sort of new it's because I think a huge reason is to have a voice at the table in society now, mm-hmm. you have to be a victim, right? Right. Like there's this idea that, uh, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm a straight white dude, right? And so like there's, there's these things. And I understand that like that has created uh, opportunity for me in life. And, and I'm not blind to that. I've, I've been surrounded in, through church to diverse situations that I would have never had or heard um, because of my community and church. And so I, I get all that, but there is this idea that like, because my perspective is the way that it is, I can't speak on anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't, my opinion on things don't matter because I'm not a victim. And so what I've seen people do, uh, students especially, is like they pick up these labels of victim yeah. because now, no, 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 I'm oppressed as well. No, 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 I'm going through the same thing that you're going through. And again, I think it cheapens what some people are actually going through by all right. of us being like trying to find our own victimhood yeah. so that we have a voice. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it, it all goes back to, too, you, we were talking about just this idea of feelings being mm-hmm. this huge navigating force in life and I'm a Charlie's and Corey are going to get so excited. Cause I'm going to quote their boy, but like facts don't care about your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Come on. That's good. That's Benny Ben. Hey, but, uh, I'm, I'm telling you like, yeah, especially with like what we're doing. I'm not, we're not talking about politics. We're not talking about opinions. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the only yeah. source of solid truth yeah, in the world, right. the word of God. And so like, there's this confidence that we need to have in preaching the word mm-hmm. with our students in in discipling them through the word because i think right. that that goes back to how we combat this victimhood because mm-hmm. what what Corey just did right now and, and what he was talking about is he went back to the word right it wasn't mm-hmm. just like here's my experience here's what i faced here's what i feel right. he's saying no this is what the word of god says this is right. the yeah. ultimate source of truth and there's going to be things that the word of god says that that culture doesn't like there's going to be things that the word of god says that that people don't agree with but mm-hmm. it is the source of truth and it is the ultimate fact that we go back to not some article you post on your story mm-hmm. not something that that you don't like right like you can't cancel this yeah, yeah. people have me, tried like it's yeah. like i i know i don't know like in the ag how uh bro this you, is, it's been like but... three years you used to be in the ag don't <laughs> yeah, pretend what's going on here but like in poker you don't get to choose your hand you're dealt what's a hand poker? we don't gamble with ag <laughs> well in poker you don't get to choose the hand you're dealt right you're just dealt a hand yeah. And life is the exact same way. Like yeah. nobody gets to choose the hand they're dealt, but you get to choose whether you're just going to fold the cards or you're going to play those cards like a boss. And, and that's up to you. You've got to like, know when to hold them and know <laughs> when to <laughs> fold them. You know, Come on, we're is that scripture too? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe that's in somewhere Proverbs in somewhere. But like, you know, that's the thing. It's like I, Elliot, 
have both parents in his household and parents were pastors and this sort of stuff. Like Elliot didn't choose that hand. No, I didn't choose the hand. I was dealt. Neither of us chose the hand and each of them. That's the thing is that like victims mentality will automatically make you think, well, my situation was harder. Yeah. Yeah. My situation was more, you know, you know what I'll never struggle with. I'll never struggle with the question. Well, was my faith just inherited? Mm. Like, did I, am I only following Christ? Because like, I'll never have to struggle with that because I just walked, like I walked yeah. into this thing all on my own. And when I got saved, my parents told me it was a phase. Yeah. They said, oh man, don't put all your eggs in that basket. It might just be a phase in there. Right. So there's different Same. types of, <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> <laughs> there's different types of struggles, but like victims mentality thinks, well, my struggle, it's, it's the toughest one. Yeah. It's like, no. And I think one of the things we got to get our students to realize and why this is such a big threat is when I get to heaven, I'm going to stand in front of God all by myself. Mm. And I am not going to be able to say, well, God, like I did, I, I will, God, I smoked weed because my dad wasn't there or God, I did this because my mom was, was, uh, you know, not connected in my life at the level that she should have, or this person did that or that, but no, we're not going to be able to point to our friends and say, well, they peer pressured me into it, God. No, we are going to stand before God all by ourselves as individuals, and we don't get to point the finger at anybody. So to me, it's like, all right, then let's on this side of eternity not play the victim and say, I'm going to own up for my stuff, and I'm not going to lean on my, like we were talking about, my emotions. I'm going to lean on the word of God. And Romans 8, I am more than a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Victory, overwhelming victory is mine. Yeah. So we got to help our students decide, hey, you need to realize, are you going to believe your feelings or are you going to believe God on this one? Yeah. And there's one thing that I do want to add on to this, this whole idea of that victim mentality. And because a lot of people that listen to this, they're youth pastors and hopefully mm-hmm. youth leaders listen to this. But I want to stress this so importantly for us as youth pastors to show this to our student or to our leaders. And the reason right. why is because when it comes to that victim mentality, there's been there was a moment when I was in the middle of a message on a Wednesday night. And I get done with that message. I get called into our mother's room and said, hey, we had to call CPS. And I was like, what? Like, it, it just kind of took me back. And it was these leaders that were listening to a story. And I'm not trying to neglect the story, but they were listening to a story and they didn't get the 110% truth. And we ended up having to call CPS on a story that wasn't true because mm-hmm. of this idea of victims mentality right. that it, it and it really kind of just shook the whole entire the whole entire night granted not right. everybody knew but this isn't just for youth pastors to understand this is also for youth leaders and this can be a really good teaching point mm-hmm. for those moments to decipher and use your um not integrity but use the wisdom yeah. that god's given you can i can i ask gary a question yeah. so how no. okay cool <laughs> guys this has been the in the trenches podcast <laughs> How okay, so Gary, how do you like what are your what would your steps in your how many years? Twenty nine. Twenty nine years of youth ministry. What are your steps when a student comes in? They're maybe talking about potentially abusive situations at yeah. home. Because if this is a youth pastor for for a podcast for youth pastors, what are your steps in figuring out how much of this is true, how much of it is not? Yeah, a lot of times when students start down that path, I mean, and and not everyone's gonna like this, and not everyone's gonna do it this way. But I have to straight up kind of almost stop them in a second and say, just so you know, mm. whatever you tell me, uh-huh. I'm going to have to tell somebody. Yep. Yep. Because if you can't tell me something right now and think I'm just not going to say anything I can't be your confidant and if you're going to go down this path and 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 usually I could see it coming mm-hmm. yeah and so I just make it really clear from that night like if you tell me something then I, I just need you to know 
this is the next step I have to take. That's good. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, we've all been in that situation where, you know, we don't want to break a student's um, confidence in us or, or any of that. But so that's one step. The next step is um, I let them know we, you know, whatever they've told me. So I've had students talk to me about abuse and some of those things. Um, we, we try to bring um, others into it. I always, can I just tell you, youth pastors, youth leaders, never make a decision, never make a phone call to the state, the city, any of those things if you have not talked to your lead pastor yeah, about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Make sure they're in the loop. Make sure they have an understanding. Make That's sure good. they're giving you wisdom and correction. And, you know, I mean, it, and if it's a case where it's, it is abuse and um, it's not just, you know, they don't let me go out or they keep me from church or it's, no, they've hit me, um, then we have to move forward in that sense. We have mm-hmm. to call the police and at least yeah. let them know this is what's going on. Right. This is what they shared. We got to put it in your guys' hands from there. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it is, there's steps to it. And, um, you know, I mean, I think all of you guys would be pretty good about reading a student and knowing mm-hmm. a student. Right. And um, you really can hear a lot from the words that they say and from the way that they say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to be able to read like, okay, there's something here or, Mm, this just doesn't feel f- like the full story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in any case, uh, I had a student recently who was going through something and, um, you know, w- the leader that was talking with the, the student made it very clear that, you know, we're, I'm going to have to tell Gary and then we got to go from there. And whenever it comes to anything um, where it's not the parent involved, um, so if it's not physical mm-hmm. abuse by the parent, I will always call the parent. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, just get them 100%. in the loop. You never want to put yourself in a situation where you um, know something about a student, whether it's suicidal thoughts, whether it's yeah. they've been hurt by somebody, whether they're whatever it is, and the parent come to you and say, why did I not hear this from you? Yep. Do not put yourself in that position. It's a dangerous position to, to be in. It can cost you a lot. Um, just know this as a parent. Um, I want my youth pastor who, uh, you know, obviously that's me. So I'll be talking to myself, but, um, to, to let me know what's going on with my kid, you know, and, and there's no reason not to, unless it's coming from the parent, there's no reason not to loop that parent in. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, we have time for one more question and I love it because this, this podcast started off as what's the biggest threat for youth, uh, this next generation, but I think it's just kind of transitioned to youth and as youth pastors and youth leaders. Mm-hmm. And with that, the last question that um, that we were talking about tonight or today or whatever time you're listening to this is one probably one of the biggest threats that youth are, are dealing with. And I don't even think it's just in this time period. I think it's in just the, as a youth in general. And that's fitting in. That's being cool. And mm-hmm. um my biggest thing is when it comes to speaking about this, like I personally, I'm like, Hey, if you want to fit in, you want to be cool. You want to dress cool. Like, Hey, that's cool. But my big thing is like, once we start putting that and leveling that above our relationship with Jesus, that's where we have that kind of a problem. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. How as youth pastors and youth leaders, do we navigate this? Because this is just a very prevalent thing, especially in the day and age of social media. You're saying, navigating as like youth pastors trying to do it or maybe students yeah i think students that's the age-old like issue is just fitting in and uh you know trying to be cool and like that's sort of our job is helping them to realize that like uh number one being a christian and being cool aren't mutually exclusive right Hmm. um cool is relative right? right like 
what looks good to Charlie is probably cowboy boots and uh, Bass Pro Shop hat. And uh, I'm gonna wear my hey, cowboy you know, boots for some right, car hard. You just outed yourself because Bass Pro Shop hats are like I have very some too. trendy. No, right I now. know. We I yeah, went, I went with, with him you. to buy them. Kenneth, I'm not. Kenneth I'm not. Maybe the bashing him. Any leader, he's got Bass Pro Shop hats. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think what Kenneth wears is cool, but it's like, <laughs> like to him, it's cool. Like I would never wear what Kenneth wears. That's what I'm saying. Is like shout out is Kenneth McCall. Cool is relative, you know. It's like, true, yeah. uh, and and so that idea, first of all, is like our job as youth pastors, helping students navigate how like fleeting that idea of popularity really is, right. and chasing that. And letting them know that like what is sustainable and what is actually like substance for your soul mm-hmm. is relationship with Jesus. Yeah, like there's yeah, nothing 100%. cooler than that. And yeah. so can you still have style? Can you still have good taste in music? Can you still like you don't have to be this like Square. the only movie I watch is God's Not Dead. And, Amen, and I listen and God's to not dead Veggie Tales. And, you know, like it doesn't have to be like that. Um, but also like we're youth pastors too popular kids right. and nerds right? right who like what's cool to them isn't what's cool to everybody else right. but like that's that's what i love i don't want a youth group full of just like the popular kids at school right. i want a youth group that is diverse and eclectic and they mm-hmm. are all in community together that anyone would look at our groups and i know that this is the case because i've been to all of our groups that looks at our our attendants and are like that kid should not be hanging out and talking to that kid yeah. in any other situation yeah. other they than are. here. Yeah. And I think that's the key is, is it's not so much how we navigate, you know, being cool, not being cool, being fitting in, not fitting in. Are we, are we raising a youth ministry that's just really accepting of, yeah. of where mm-hmm. the coolest kid in the room can connect with the, the nerdiest right. kid in the room. Yeah. Yeah. A kid who's all into <laughs> sports can have a relationship with a kid who's just video game, yeah. you know, a skater and a sir. I mean, there's, you can go on and on to where, you know, I, I would say that's what I've worked hard to do through the years is, am I finding and targeting those students and, and then teaching them love, love whoever comes through these doors. Right. Like yeah. whoever becomes part of this youth group, God's brought them here for a reason. So you may not even connect with them, but I saw it the other day in our youth group. Um, we have a, a couple younger um, kids, freshmen, I think one's a freshman, one's an eighth grader. And the freshman kid is a pretty cool kid, and, and um, I had no idea that he was um, even talking to this other kid. This other kid is a little bit, you know, kind of not a people person, and, and you know what I'm talking about. And and um, I would have just never picked them to have any kind of conversation or yeah. cross paths. All of a sudden, the younger one goes up to the older one and said, hey, are you playing tonight? He's like, yeah, I'll be on there, so jump on with me. And what's the, the game? Um, Among Us. Among Us. Mm-hmm. And um, – and and I had no idea that they even talked, yeah. and they have this whole like thing that they're doing, and it just is a reminder that you know if we're if we're training these kids right and we're living it out in front of them, yeah. um, it doesn't matter who they are. We should be you know hopefully yeah. we're teaching that generation of, of student leaders, um, man. Anyone that co- crosses our path, let's pull them in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely. And as l- like to me, like from the from the position and the posture of a youth pastor and a leader, I think that we have to keep this in like its correct place we have to like we really should not be valuing like our students opinion about us or people's mm-hmm. opinion about us too much you know yeah. and now look everyone like a handful of us super like we're into sneakers and we like sneakers well i will lever last night there was a student standing all by himself 
uh, leaning against the wall and didn't know who he was, never seen him before. And I'm immediately like, this kid can't stand by himself. Like that's mm -hmm. our rule at Bridge Youth. People should not be by themselves. And so I go over to him trying to figure out what's the first like common ground I could find with him. And he's wearing Air Max 97s. So I'm like, oh, bro, love your Air Max 97s. So sick, blah, blah. What's your name? Introduce him to a couple of our leaders, JJ, Kai. They sits with them for the night. The kid's name was Dorian. Super cool, right? But like if in that moment I'm walking up to Dorian and my first thought is, is he going to think I'm cool? Mm -hmm. if, uh, imagine approaching the quote unquote pulpit and preaching when your first thought is, man, are they going to think that I'm cool? And honestly, like, I know that you guys don't think that I hear from the Holy Spirit, but I do. And um, early in this year, like, like the Holy Spirit really dealt with my heart as a leader and youth pastor, because when everything had happened with George Floyd, we all saw like a lot of people posting stuff. A lot of people yeah. we look up to mm -hmm. posting stuff, saying stuff. A lot of people who we call friends posting stuff. And immediately you feel as like, a youth pastor leader, I got to say something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to post something. And I remember as I'm putting together this post, the Holy Spirit just checked me and was like, yeah, why? I remember yeah. being why are you at, posting it? that was that Wednesday that I spoke uh, and I had to wear that stupid jersey, but I was there you, with you. And Raider Nation, I remember baby. talking about that game. through that, through that, that whole night. And yeah. that's what we're saying is navigating like we know our stance on some of these mm -hmm. things. We know how we feel as youth pastors to diverse communities of students right. and in our hearts. But we were we were navigating as two white guys. Well, I'm more white than you, but I'm like, Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. My, I'll put <laughs> some respect on it. But like navigating, like why are we why why if we do post something, why are we doing yeah. it? What's mm -hmm. the heart behind it? Am I doing it because the cool pastors that yeah. all these other youth pastors want to be like right. in the like rat pack of celebrity? Like, yeah. are we chasing? I had someone call me out on this early on in before I was even a youth pastor. I was an intern for Gary and I had a guy that like I looked up to, you know, he was speaking at camps and stuff. And I, I sat down with him and I'm like, and I, I presented my issues in a way that made me look so like holy you know i'm like i just uh, i want to do such big things for god and then he was just he stopped me and he's like bro you're chasing a platform mm -hmm. like you're using ministry as your ability to to be instagram famous or oh, yeah. to speak at these big conferences or mm -hmm. to do all this stuff and he's like and you might be able to do that like yeah. you might be dynamic enough or whatever to get yourself there but if you're not being obedient to what god called you to right. do mm -hmm. then it's never going to be fulfilling See, and it yeah. wrecked me and that's yeah. where i was able to sit back and be like you know what i'll go wherever you want me to go god i'll do whatever right. you want me to do god but like what i'm passionate about is obedience is being yeah. in your will and that's what i love even like i've noticed and i've talked to you guys and if if you're listening to this and you're a youth pastor then you're not dumb you know what we're talking about like there is this like sect of youth pastors who you can tell when you meet them, they're mm -hmm. chasing becoming the next pastor right. to Justin Bieber. Look, yeah, Justin yeah. Bieber has pastors, right? Like, yeah. like, and it's great. And and not that what they're doing is wrong. They're reaching the lost. Right. And that's what we're all called to do. But I've started to really lean in this year to knowing my context mm -hmm. right. and knowing that like success doesn't, you, Corey, we make fun that like you're at a big church and all that type of stuff, but it, it's, perfect for you and what yeah. you're doing is working and it's healthy and just because my church isn't the same size as your church or context there's never been this competition between yeah. us there's never felt like you're better or i'm less than we mm -hmm. know that what all of us are doing in our different contexts mm -hmm. is is what we're supposed to be doing yeah. and so i'm not chasing 
to look like you or you to look like me or chasing this idea of what's cool or popular right. or doing what all those other people are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm being obedient to what yeah. God's called yeah. me to do in my context. And I think yeah. that's how yeah. you are effective. And that's what it is. But the night that and the night that we talked, we kept getting back to that word. Why? Why? Yeah. And to me, like like the Holy Spirit often speaks to me in like one word. And that time when I'm getting ready to post this thing about George Floyd, the question was in my heart, why? And this is the extent of the potential damage that could be caused as leaders. If our value, if we put too much stock and value in being quote unquote cool or relevant is then imagine I post that and the Holy Spirit's like, why? And my heart is, well, because I want to look relevant because I want to look cool Mm because I want to look woke because I want to look like I care. Dumbed down, I want to look cool well remember george floyd was not a fictional character mm-hmm. this was an actual dude and if i do that and that my why is to look cool, then i just used a guy's death to look cool yeah and mm-hmm. if i use a guy's death to look cool god help me check my heart and that's the danger of valuing being cool too much but that's what so many youth pastors are doing that's what so many preachers are doing that's what so many of our students are doing yeah so we got to model that for them it's like hey Leverage being cool. If you're if you're cool and you got it, leverage. We that. need some cool kids in our 100%. ministry. That's yeah. that's an influence to the campus, you know. Yeah. And so, like, I pray for some cool kids to 100%. come into the quarterback of the football team to Can join I say the really youth quick, ministry. Though, There's nothing wrong about that. You you talking a moment ago about how like our the diversity within our churches on every single level is so rad and it should be like that. And it includes popular and unpopular, cool and quote unquote, not cool, even though all of that's subjective, like then youth pastors, like stop putting down the cool kids. Yes. Like, like, you know, if you follow Jesus, you're not going to have any friends. People are going to make fun of yeah. you. You're going to be a loser. You can't dress cool. You can't listen to good music. And then it's like, then all the popular kids in your youth group that night are going to be like, oh, so like Jesus just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be able to, you know, preach to the, like Gary was saying, like preach to the kids who aren't cool, who are cool, yeah. who are like 99% of them somewhere in the middle of that. And then wind up cultivating community where both of those kids after youth are going to go play among us together yeah, and make yeah. them fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and make them fight. I think for me, one of the biggest things and, and you guys already um, touched on it a little bit is uh, this idea. <laughs> Nobody knows, but Elliot's giving Charlie a back rub. Yeah. Right sorry. Now. So that was, uh, that's why I had to stop. Um, He's but very tense is this idea that I remember when I first started off in youth ministry about five and a half years ago was, and going to certain summer camps and I'm going to talk about Elliot and Gary for a little bit here, but I was like, I remember going to those summer camps as an intern and as a leader. And then eventually as a youth pastor or technically a youth director, I was like, I want to be like Gary and Elliot when right. I grow up. Yeah. Like I, that's what I, I wasn't. Mean. First of all, I wasn't even doing camps five <laughs> years ago. So that's not a true story. It was, it was around that time. Um, but I just remember seeing these people up on the stage and I was like, wow, like that, that, that is so cool. Like they have so much influence. And I was, promoting them and they do they have influence and they're great leaders and everything like that but i remember when i started putting that above my own ministry as a youth pastor and as a leader when i was mm-hmm. saying i want to become the next uh let's say chad veach at that time because i was the really big youth pastor and then going on to um, 
plant a church. I was like, I want to be like these certain people. And I wasn't valuing the students that I had yeah. at my at my youth group as a leader. And I think a lot of times as youth pastors, and again, Elliot said this, like we're not blind. Like there's these moments and there's these people that come into ministry that do. They want to be like that next um, that next big thing. And the thing that I found so funny was I got I a lot of not even just a lot, but myself, the Holy Spirit checked me in that. But I even had people in my life say, like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. are you doing this to promote yourself? Or are you doing this to promote the gospel? Because like one of my biggest things was like, man, I want to have like the popular kids in our youth group. And again, we're in the middle of Norco. So it's just that horse town USA. So it's like when you think of it, it's like so is the, <laughs> is the popular kids here the kids with the most horses or what? <laughs> so one, the, the ones with the most uh, belt buckles, the biggest, um, the the belt biggest buckles. Belt bu- oh, that kid's so cool. I want to be like him. <laughs> you do that too well. It's in oh, but it, it's funny because I remember thinking like, oh, I want the ones like that are on social media, that are influencers or doing that. And then once I started realizing, I was like, God's placed these students that are in our youth ministry yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I need to minister to. Because if I don't yeah. even, if I can't minister to them, yeah. what's saying that if God does down the road, like lead me through through a path to minister to a bigger, wider audience, like, if I wasn't faithful with a little, he's not going to bless me with a big. And I'm mm, not saying to do on. that. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that to have a big youth ministry. But now, fast forward five years from now, it's funny because we have about a handful of students in our youth ministry that have tens of thousands of followers on in their Instagram yeah. account. And I'm like, again, we're in the middle of Norco. How do you have this many people following yeah. you? But two, it's just to be able to see that type of influence. <laughs> to see that type of influence. Um that when we are yeah. faithful with those students that we have, yeah. it'll just gravitate and they'll, they'll fill that kind of um, yeah. that pull. And the coolest part is like we have those types of students in the youth ministry, but we also have those students that they don't care about anything but the newest and latest right. video game. And yeah. that's what they focus on the most. Yeah. And Dude, I can't wait for our students to listen to this and be like, w- w- <laughs> am I the cool one or the, or the nerdy one that they keep talking about? Next week, our students are going to walk up to us. So which category Who am I? And, I, and then you just tap them on the shoulder. You know, bud. <laughs> Youth pastors have to, to really not get caught up in all that. And yeah. that's what I've been telling you guys for years. It's, yep. I, and I get it. And I get why it happens and and um it's such a different you know kind of era we're in when it comes to celebrity you know celebrityness with pastors and all of this stuff and um but god created you he gave you a calling and yeah. he gave it to be you not to be you yeah. know the next um chatter or mm-hmm. um judah or any of those guys it's it's to be you and you have this yeah. incredible gifts and and talents and like i mean and i'm not just trying to i don't need to to build you guys up in that sense but you know every single one of you guys and and all the other you know guys and girls that are youth pastors for socal um man i just i love you for you and there's Mm -hmm. things that are about you that i think oh man i love that about them in ministry and and if you try to become something that you're not you lose who god created you to be yeah Yeah, exactly god called us as i think what i've really leaned into this year and like i want to strive to be better i want to read more books i want to like you know we all want to grow but at the end of the day, I know my context, you know, mm-hmm. like I know what I was created for. And yeah. so instead of chasing this idea of success, and I think that's what any youth pastor hearing this know that like success is again, going back to what we said at the very beginning, isn't this thing we could look at with broad strokes. It's yeah. not necessarily a number of students right. that attend your group. It isn't like your resume of y- being a youth pastor doesn't have to look like you started here, then you went there and then yeah. you became an executive and then elite like it's so 
different and unique to who you are yeah. and what you're created for and mm-hmm. so be obedient to yeah. that yeah. and I, and i will say though there is one thing like if if i could dress like wyatt staggers bro like that Come guy on. like there's not many people that could like wear maroon corduroy or pants a cheetah like, shirt like, or a neckerchief that dude wears a neckerchief, <laughs> neckerchief. yeah what is that? If he's I like could be, Fred from scooby-doo if i could dress like wyatt staggers like that would be the only thing like like, How yeah. much do I have to pay you to dress like Wyatt Staggers? Oh, for that would be <laughs> interesting. Let but him pick your outfit. But that's like perfect what Gary just said because uh, I'll, I want Charlie to dress like Wyatt. Please. <laughs> but that's exactly it. It's like I, if if you know who I am, I'm just a big, goofy white guy. But I remember like, hang, like hanging out with Wyatt, hanging out with Corey, hanging out with Elliot and Gary. And like they, they dress a certain way. They have this style. And I'm like, man, that's what I want. And but again, it goes back. That's not how God made me, which is so funny because, man, like, isn't the coolest people in the world in movies and anything the person who always doesn't care? Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly think most people in our group do as well. Like Kenneth McCall is the coolest dude you'll ever meet. And he literally sets trends at bridge. You, he wears some, everyone else starts wearing it. But you know what? Kenneth don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth don't. Kenneth does not care. And why? Because coolest objective. But, yeah. you know, I, I just wanted to say one more thing about what you were talking about, Charlie, with your group personally, mm-hmm. like with this focus on like the students that God's entrusted to you. Like everyone's out here. You know, we all know people who are like out here trying to be the youth pastor to the world. It's like you're not a youth pastor to the world. Like mm-hmm. when they get up on stage and they want to talk about and political issues, social issues, whatever. And like, you know, right now I just want to talk to the youth of America you've got 40 viewers on YouTube right now. You're not talking to the youth of America, but those 40 viewers are so incredibly important. Talk to them. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the week before Halloween, we were, we were doing a, an event. Um, sorry, I said Halloween. I know AG uh, harvest. <laughs> we were doing harvest event uh, at youth. The devil's birthday. You mean? <laughs> and um, we're outside and, and, and we got nine square going and the skate park and, and kids are hanging out and a bunch of kids wear their costumes. And I'm just hanging out with students and I look around for a moment and I just pause and I've had a handful of these moments in ministry. And I just paused and was like, I cannot believe that I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like God could have chose anybody. There are better preachers. There are better pastors. There's better youth pastors. There's better leaders, but God Chose me. I can't believe I get to do this. And I think once in a while, because today, a lot of heavy conversation, right? Yeah. Like a lot of heavy topics in the mix of uh, social issues and political stuff, victim mentality stuff. We talked about how do you deal with potential abusive situations. Last night, right at the beginning of youth, we had four girls vaping in the bathroom. We had to call their parents. How, the how do you know that four girls were vaping in the bathroom, Corey? <laughs> because some of my female <laughs> leaders okay, told good, me good, that's good. why good i just want accountability know. but man in the midst of all of these conversations it can all get really heavy i think youth pastors we got to take a step back once in a while you know get the 30,000 view get the 30,000 view um of the ministry and what we get to do and just like remember remind yourself wow like i get to do this god could have called anybody but yeah, he good. chose you yeah Yeah, so good yeah that is good um well guys that was a good conversation it was good talk hopefully everyone that is listening right now you got something out of that and uh, we just want to encourage you guys if there's anything that maybe we've said that you want just more information about or just want to talk more through you can always reach out to us at uh, on instagram at socal 
Youth Pastors, is that the Instagram account? Yeah, SoCal Youth Pastors, you can go there, you can DM us. Also, if you have any other topics that maybe you want us to um, talk about, just go ahead and message us. But, Corey, thank you so much for being here, man. Peace out. Yay. G- Gary, thank you so much. Oh, man, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> but, Gary, thanks for being here. And, Elliot, it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, just a heads up, the next episode, we are going to have the one and only best-dressed youth pastor, Wyatt Staggers, so get ready for that one. I reject that statement. (laughs) Later, skaters.